It is Monday, January 10th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who at 8 p.m. really wants to be left alone, J.P. Shadrick. Yeah, do not text, do not call between 8 and 11 tonight. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. My name's J.P. Shadrick. It's the final show of the 2021 season, and we've got a busy program. As always, CBS Sports Senior Writer Pete Prisco coming up. Pride of the Jaguars left tackle Tony Baselli has chosen to grace us with his presence tonight in studio. We'll review Week 18 a Jaguars W. 26-11 the final score. That's only the fourth time in league history that final score has happened, by the way. Great. Social media questions. There are plenty of those. We'll go around the league in Week 18, a playoff preview, all that coming up. The Jags with a stunning win over the Colts that rocked the final week in the AFC playoff race. The Jags' offense rolled early, had a long touchdown drive, an opening drive touchdown for the first time since Week 2 for this Jags team. And they were off and rolling after that. Defense had a couple of second-half takeaways, the best all-around game the Jags have played all season. After the game, Trevor Lawrence on... Moving forward, I think I think everybody was kind of saying that to themselves. Not not where was this, but just um, it's always um, um, I guess mixed emotions. I wouldn't say always. Today is mixed emotions of we finished the way we want to finish, and you you can't ever go back. And that's something I've learned is you got to do everything you can in the moment because you can't go back and change it when it's done. So um, you don't have regrets, but you do have that feeling of just man, we we could have been doing this all season. It's, it's disappointing. Um, to look back and think that, especially some of the close games we lost and then just games where we didn't play well, but just to think that, you know, that's who we are, that's what we can do, but you're not that unless you do it week in and week out. So, um, but honestly, more, more so than that, just the, the confidence that this builds, you know, going forward, like that's a good, that's a good football team that we just, we just beat and really dominated the game and just really proud of, of our guys. That's the quarterback after the game yesterday, Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli joining us now. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon. I I, uh, I liked his comments there because it was it was honest that you know it felt good because it, if you know they have a good taste in their mouth going forward, and I know there's going to be a bunch of changes. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but let's just talk about Trevor and that comment because uh, he is a big part of what uh, is going to move forward. And so there's, there's that good taste of saying like, okay, we can do this. And I think it's even I can do this. Not that he ever lacks the confidence or had. He's handled himself, you know, beautifully this year um, through a really tough season and a really some tough moments and chaos and and just dysfunction, if you really want to just call it what it is. Um, but then he was also honest enough to say, "But that's not who we are, because it's only who we are if we do it week in and week out." And that's the truth, because that, you know, don't get fooled. To think that's who this team is. Maybe it's the potential of what they can be or what we want them to be or what they should have been, but it's not who they are. Who they are is a 13 and four, a three and 14 team. Um, but yesterday was fun. Yeah. And it was good and it was dominating and they did dominate a good football team. Um, and they, Played it perfectly. They took away the, what they wanted to do, and they forced a quarterback who struggles to win, and he couldn't. And I thought it was outstanding. It was fun to watch. And the entire NFL 
And all the fans in this whole world should be thanking the Jacksonville Jaguars because what they did yesterday set up for the as much drama as this ever happened in the last week of the season in the NFL, regular season, for that Sunday night game last night between the Chargers and the Raiders. And because if the Jaguars don't win, it's a different feeling. Now, that game would have still meant something who goes to the playoffs and who doesn't. But Pittsburgh would have been out of the Pittsburgh equation. Pittsburgh would have been out. It would have been all the yeah, drama, the tie. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome last yes. night. And that doesn't happen if that football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, doesn't play the best game of the season. Pete, good afternoon to you. Um, that so, that kind of came so out of So they have something to hang their hat on. They helped the league yesterday. Right? They did. We <laughs> helped the league, Pete. The Jaguars <laughs> helped the league. They helped themselves. They actually looked like a football team on Sunday. They That's did. That. I mean, they hadn't looked like that in a long time. And, and the quarterback looked like the real deal. I mean, that that was the best thing about it. The numbers weren't gaudy. Uh, they still don't, you know, get the gaudy numbers. He could have had good numbers if uh, Treadwell catches the ball down the left sideline, which he should have caught. Um, but he looked like an NFL quarterback. That throw he made, rolling right, over the top of the defensive back. And Now, Marvin Jones, was it Marvin Jones? Yeah, made a yes. great catch in the back yes. of the end zone. But – it's a great throw. I mean, there's only so many human beings that can do this. And he did it. And that just, if anything comes out of the game, forget about the winning, because that doesn't carry over. But what does carry over is the fact that there were people making comments that he might be a bust, that there's concern about him, that he doesn't go through his progressions fast enough and whatever. Yesterday, he did all of that. And there's a throw in the middle of the field, and I got to remember who it was because I watched the tape today, where he is looking to his left as he opens, and he kind of stays left a little bit and throws a shot into the middle of the field for about 20 yards because he held the safety. That's big boy quarterbacking. That's what he has to do, and that's what he got to yesterday. And and it was just – that's taking everything else away. Yeah, they were it was good for the league. It made drama on Sunday night. And it was good to win one that might, you know, it doesn't carry over. I don't believe that. But the young players showed up on Sunday, a lot of them. And he, first and foremost, Trevor Lawrence did. So that's the good good thing to take from that game. Can you imagine what the Colts' plane ride home was like yesterday, Pete? Well, that's one of the major choke jobs we've seen in a long time. And I watched the tape today. Tony, I don't know if you watched the tape, but there were guys that didn't look like they were playing that hard. I mean, there's a play where Darius Leonard is blitzing, and it looks like the ball is going to get out before he gets there, but he meets the running back in the hole, and usually he's one of those guys that might try and run him over. He kind of pulled up. And where was DeForest Buckner for most of that game? I mean, he did get a pressure, a couple pressures later on, but what were they doing? That's supposed to be that's supposed to be a good defense. They were terrible. And yeah, I don't Peter, think they. I, I just they look flat. Do you think the pressure got to them? Yeah. I think they're tight. I think you know. And if you go watch the week before the Las Vegas Raiders game, it was similar. Uh, DeForest Buckner didn't show up until late. He was a non-factor. Um, the Raiders really controlled that game. Um, it was closer because the the Colts did make a run and took the lead in the second half, but then the Raiders ultimately held on and won it. Um, but, yeah, they, I think they were tight, Pete. I think that opening drive, the Jags go down and score, and then they get the stop and fourth down. 
And I've been a part of situations, you know, when you're expected to win and you're much better than the other team and, like, it's not going your way and you, you're playing for everything, they're playing nothing to lose, and you have everything to lose, like that the pucker factor starts happening <laughs> on the sidelines and you start looking around and you start pressing and it, you just don't – you're not yourself. And that was – I mean, I think that's who Carson Wentz is personally. I, I think he's an erratic quarterback. I think he makes poor decisions. I think he's, you know – Tries to do too much. I don't think he's great in the pocket. So, I, you know, I don't think that surprised me as much because I think if you can stop Jonathan Taylor and force them to be one-dimensional, they don't have great receivers, and I don't think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. But defensively, I agree with you, Pete. It was shocking that because I have high regard for that defense, and that's a, uh, that's a Colts team who had seven Pro Bowlers, the most in the NFL, and they didn't show up yesterday. And I don't want to just say it, that's why they lost. I thought the Jaguars played their best game. They were crisp. They were sharp. Um, the offensive line protected, gave Trevor time. The defense was flying around. If you would have watched the game and didn't know who was going for the playoffs and who was playing for the number one overall pick, you would have thought the, the Jaguars have everything to play for the way they were flying around and hitting and making plays and that the Colts were just playing out the season to get the number one overall pick. So, um, I mean, we could talk about this, Pete, but the, I, I mean, or we can do it later. The Colts have major issues. As yeah, a, they don't. As a, have, they don't scare anybody down the field. No, they have major. They have major issues as an organization. They have a really good defense. They have a good offense line. They have a good back. Pittman's a nice receiver. They have no speed other than that at the receiver position. I like their tight ends. Doyle's a good tight end. Ali Cox, good tight. They're good players, but they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a franchise quarterback. I'm sorry, Carson Wentz isn't that guy. Mm. No, and but it's funny how in a span of two weeks they've gone from the team nobody wants to play to the team that's sitting at home watching. Two weeks. Remember, they they beat New England at home, went on the road and beat Arizona in pr- two primetime games. And everybody's talking about, oh, the Colts are here. Here come the Colts. Watch out. Nobody's going to want to play them. And, and if I'm not mistaken, there were certain people on this show that were saying they were going to run down the Tennessee Titans at one point. Remember? Right. Not, not, but I, I thought that not be, as much because I thought they were a good football team, better than what they finished the season at, and a lot of people did. I didn't think the Titans, and this is why I think Mike Vrabel should be coach of the year, 101 different players played for him this year. They had most injuries in the most NFL. Of, most of anybody ever in a non-strike season. Ever, and they had their best player out for the second half. Out was out for the second Since half of the November, season. Yeah. I mean, that was the he, greatest he coach. Of, he's the coach of the year. What he did to get the number one seed, and I didn't think they'd be able to do that, Pete, when Derrick Henry got hurt. And I thought the the Colts would close ground because I did think they were a, a, a really well-rounded team with that running attack and that defense. They faltered down the path, down the stretch. They folded their tent. The Raiders went in there and beat them at home, and the Jaguars beat them on the road. Here's the other thing about the the Colts: they don't rush the passer that well. No, the but the, the, the Buckner's a good player. He's a really good player, but, but he's not a like great pass that, rusher. No, they're not a great pass rusher. You saw that in the second half against New England. Mac Jones stood there and did what he wanted to, and, and the Raiders did what they wanted. They don't rush the passer well enough. So think about their flaws. Quarterback position, pass rush, and they don't have any speed outside. That's a problem. All of it. So now moving ahead, the uh, Jaguars coaching search will uh, take full uh, headline status for the Jags moving ahead here. Uh, I haven't yeah, seen before really... we get to that, can I ask a question? Yeah, it didn't look like sure. on TV that there were many clowns in the stands. Were there I... many? Cl- didn't look like there were, were there 20? 
I was I was not in the stands. I was in the studio. Tony, you were out there. It was not overwhelming, Pete. So the clown movement didn't go far, I guess. <laughs> so it's a it's a vocal minority. I, I, God bless Mike DeRocco. He had a great tweet because he said the clowns took their, their, their costumes off during the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Respectful, yeah. I mean, I just, look, you know how I feel. I've said it time and again. Balky needs to go, clean it out, get him out. I mean, you see what the Bears did today. They just blew them all out. Ryan Pace, and, and, and we see what the Vikings did today. They blew them all out. Get them all out. Scoop them up and go. What, Miami did. What is he? Miami didn't. They just they just got rid of Flores. You know, Chris Greer keeps he survives there about five different coaches. I mean, it, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, and they kept showing him in the press box on TV. We had the sound down, but I, I just don't understand. Clean it all out. And again, I I I think they're still using him to for the process because I don't think you're going to get the right guy if he makes that decision. Well. Do we, I mean, do we want to talk about that now? Or do we want to come back and talk about what's coming forward and the changes ahead you know of this organization? Let's let's get our uh, let's pay some bills, okay. as they say. We'll come back in just tease. a moment. We got a tease. Tony did a tease. Uh, he's a pro. I'm a pro. He's a producer too. I like that. I'm just trying to get, keep us honest here. <laughs> We're back with plenty ahead. Of course, second hour. Your social media questions. We'll go around the NFL on an exciting week 18. We're recapping a Jaguars win. And we'll come back and look ahead to the offseason. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Well, it, it was a great play. I'm glad you asked about it. You know, it, it was a great play and a play that we really want um, and know that Trevor has the ability to make. You know, those are plays that I've seen Russell, uh, you know, in my recent uh, recent past and and as well as Matthew Stafford I've seen them make those plays right um, where things aren't exactly perfect and so to see Trevor make that you know that's one of those things that I think showed progress of where he's at um, and it was not an easy play first he had to, you know had, had to secure the ball we had a free guy coming off the edge as well and navigated that and then put the ball where really it wasn't in harm's way right that he, he gave Marv an opportunity to catch it and no one else and Marv made the play so it was it was a big time play for him. Daryl Bevel, interim head coach for the Jags after the game. Uh, yes, actually, that was today. Recapping the uh, game yesterday. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Rosselli, Pete Prisco. And uh, his name, he actually said today uh, he had been approached and he will have a conversation about the role moving ahead. So he should get an opportunity. He did, you know, he came in, he's interim head coach. It was a tough car. He was dealt a, a tough uh Hands of uh, hand of cards, and he played the best he could. And you know, the one thing you can say, the guys played hard for him. And so, I think he should deserve an opportunity to go interview or have a discussion with Sean Khan about it. Hey, uh, all the guys that went to the game in clown suits, did they take the van back yet? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying it was one clown car that came? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> one van. <laughs> got it. They rented it. <laughs> wow it was a little bit I, I think to your point pete and and listen i love our fans i and i've said this to people in the building i'd rather have them passionate like that and angry and when it's good excited just don't be apathetic that's what i don't want and so i'm joking about it because you know there was it was the biggest story in town absolutely going into it and it was not quite yeah. um the uh, turnout 
maybe that everyone thought it was going to be. And um, and so it's fun it to have a little bit of fun with them. It has to be hard to find a clown them. suit, too, though, doesn't it? Isn't it hard to find clown stuff? It's a big commitment. I'll tell you that much. It's a commitment <laughs> to show up to a football game in a clown suit. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is. Hey, look, I'm not mocking the passion of the fans. They got mad at me last week when I said what I said. I'm not mocking it. That's good. But seriously. <laughs> so, Pete, we, we left. I mean, I'm with them. I'm with them. I think they need a change. I've said it many a time. Well, you know, you've been clear. You think that Trent Balka should be gone. And let, so that goes into yes. where we're going. You know, what's next? Yeah, what is next? Where does so this it's, organization it's, go? I mean, they've interviewed the a number of guys. Yeah. And it's the day after the season. But that's all that matters now when you're 3-14 and 14 and you fired your coach and there's um, – Definitely a lot of opinions out there about the general manager and what they should be done with him. And and to be clear, Shad has not come out and said anything. Nothing. Trent Trent is under contract, and so if you're under contract, you expect to come to work, just like the coaches are under contract, came to work today. That's correct. Um, and so it's not like Shad said, yep, keeping him. No, I'm firing him. He just hasn't said anything, which is his right as the owner. And, and Pete, I think as I look at it, you know, what is the right decision? And, I, and I, I've said this on this show and I've said it on the Breakfast with Baselli in the morning on Mondays, is in my opinion, in being around this place and knowing people in the building and being a part of this organization for the better part of 27 years now. I mean, I came here in 1995. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I'm getting we old. We know. We we know. No, my point we is We remember. I, I'm yes. getting old, and I've been here a long time. And I've been around the game of football a long time. And this organization is, in my, in my opinion, is like two different organizations if you look at it. And you look at the business side of the Jacksonville Jaguars, it is world class. I would argue that it is as good – as any organization in professional sports, it, they are first class and they do things at a exceptional level. And then you add on the fact that it's a small market team and what they do under the leadership of, of um, Mark Lamping and all the leaders that he has over there, they do an outstanding job. It's world class. And, and you've seen what they've been able to do and Sean's been able to do as the owner to stabilize this franchise. And, you know, I no longer or anyone else no longer has to go out there and defend this team of not moving and going to L.A. or going to wherever, St. Louis, whatever other city they used to say. That's not a story anymore. And that's because of Shad Khan. It's because what they've done on the business side and how they've stabilized this organization. Outstanding job. They've invested in the infrastructure. They've invested in the city. Right now, by the metric that only matters is wins and losses. It is a very poor organization when it comes to football, when it comes to um, execution on the field, when it comes to competing. Um, It's a team that has double-digit losses nine out of ten seasons since Shad's been owner. It's not good. It's poor. Fans are mad. People in this building are mad. Everyone's mad. Heck, the media's even mad. When does the media get passionate about anything? Because it's bad, and it's it has to change. Because it, it, it because it's the reason this organization exists is to play football. It's a professional football team. It's in the NFL. 
It's to compete. It's to win football games. And they don't do a good job of that today. And so, and I think a lot of it has to do with the culture, the alignment, everyone, uh, you know, being on the same page, the structure. I mean, you can go down the list. And the question that I think you have to ask is, do you think that the people in the building can, that they currently have can fix that? It's not just about picking. It's not just about picking draft picks and all that stuff and transactions. My goodness, we had the number one overall pick last year. We got a generational quarterback that we all think is a franchise quarterback. And we went through one of the worst seasons, and by several some metrics, the worst team ever. It was not any better than last year when we were 1-15. No, they were the lowest scoring team through 16 games in franchise history. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's bad. And so, obviously, just getting more high picks isn't going to fix it. It's bigger than that. They need to, and yeah, so, they need to and the question the is, culture, do, you, do you have the, the people to fix that, building. Pete? Huh? Everything. The feeling in the building, the culture. Get that's why I said the culture, there. everything. And that's where – you have to take a long, hard look at it. And right now it's shot because the GM and the coach, I mean, he's over football. And I think – and my – like, if you have to make a decision is, do I have the right people to fix it? Because you have to fix that. I would argue you have to fix that before you have to worry about who you're going to draft or anything else. And, and you need to fix that and have an idea of what you want that to be as you go in to hire this new head coach. Is that part of these early conversations, though, with some of these candidates, just to get their idea or thought? Or well, it depends. You are you think? are you going to have a structure where it's run by the head coach and he is overall everything? Is it going to be a two headed monster? The GM and the head coach are equal footing, and they both report to the uh, owner. That's what. Is there going to be is there going to be the structure? That, JP? Is, is there going to be a structure like they had when Tom Coughlin was here with right. his executive vice president? Where's that guy? Yeah. Where's that guy? They haven't they haven't mentioned that. Where's that guy? They haven't even in, they're not talking about that. That's what I'm saying. It, okay. Pete, my point here, is I think it's unknown with, right yeah, now. Yeah, no, here's the thing with Trent, okay? If Trent's there, is he hiring a guy that can work with him for his benefit? In other words, would he push Shad away from somebody he doesn't necessarily think he can work with? So he's not necessarily hiring the right candidate. He's hiring and pushing for the Trent candidate. And that's not a good thing. That shouldn't happen. And that's why they need to get him out of there. Because it's not his, he shouldn't, they shouldn't be basing their hire on what Trent Balky wants or needs. They should be basing their hire on the best football coach, the best guy to lead that team. And if that guy says, I don't want to work with him, then get him out. If that guy says, I can make him a scout, but he's not going to be influencing my decisions, I'm going to get another general, I help get another general manager in here, then you make him a scout. There are ways around it. The bottom line is, Trent Baalke should not be making the decision to hire the new coach, nor should he be influencing that decision to hire a new coach? Because if I'm Trent Baalke, human nature tells me I'm looking out for number one. He's done it a lot in his career. You look out for number one. And if you're looking out for and, – and look, by the way, I'm not going to fault him on that because that's the credo of mine for a long time. But if you're looking out for number one, <laughs> you're going to hire somebody that you can work with rather than somebody that might be best for the organization. And that's where the problem is. 
Well, and that's why I wouldn't hire you either, Pete, because I don't think you need someone looking out for, you know. A, no, there's no, there one. is an I in team, yeah. and it's, then, and well, and I think that, that, see, Pete, here's I'll, the difference, Tony. Here's the difference. If I was the general I, manager, I'm joking or with you, you were the general I'm manager, joking. and I was the coach, we'd find a way to make it work because we're I, smart I, enough to realize if you make it work, it's going to be great for both of you. I agree with you, Pete. I'm joking about that. I was, I was just no, but you, that, that's the pro, you're, you brought up a good point, though. Ego has brought down many an NFL team. Well, we saw. I mean, it didn't work in San Francisco. I mean, I, I, I and listen. I have nothing against Trent Baalke. I'm just saying you have to look at history. You have to look at where you are, and you have to look at what this team and organization just went through, and whether it's right or wrong, Trent and Urban were together. Well, I mean, you hear these stories. San Francisco, Harbaugh and Trent, bad. Harbaugh and Tom Sula, bad. Harbaugh, I mean, I mean uh, Trent and uh, Tom Sula, bad. Trent and Chip Kelly. Marone, Chip Kelly, Trent Marone went bad, and Trent and Urban were tight, and until the end, the word was they weren't. And so, you see a common theme in there? Well, and I think, Pete, I want, I want to take a step back too, Pete, and because you talk about getting the right, the right head coach, but I think you before you even, as you're going down that path and finding the right coach, I think you have to look at the structure of the organization. Like, I agree. I think but, that, but that's what I'm saying. You can't just have Trent there. No, I agree. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. And I and and he, let me ask you because uh, I have an opinion on this, Pete. And so much you hear about it. And it's not just about the Jaguars. At this point is, well, all these jobs are opening up. You bet, now there's competition. You better get be first. I just don't know how much being first matters in this. It's I'd rather get it right. And now, obviously, if you're first, you have your whole pick. But it, my fear is you start to be first, you start rushing things. You're like, i got to make a quick decision because I don't want to miss out. Because all these other – because here's the reality. There's only 32 of these jobs. Yeah. And these coaches will do anything and say anything <laughs> to get one of these jobs because they're, they're, they're a goldmine. And well, here's this the other is thing what too, every coach Tony. strives to be. So I'm not, I'm not faulting them, by the way. I'm not saying – these coaches are bad people. I'm just saying this is like human. Like this is what they're striving for, and these are hard to come by. And so I think you have to take a whole step back and look at it from a macro sense of like the big picture, and like structure, and like who we want to be in. How do we want to do this? And what is best um, for our organization? Gives us the best chance to win. And in this case, because you have a young franchise quarterback who I think is. The future, you better be thinking about him as you're structuring this organization and who you have involved in it. And here's the other thing. You don't necessarily have to go out and find the hot coordinator from a good defense or a good team. You need a leader of men who can delegate and maybe not even a play caller. Some of the best coaches in the league haven't been play callers. Mike Tomlin doesn't do anything on the sidelines. He doesn't call uh, plays. John Harbaugh is pretty good. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, and and so that's the kind of guy you need to find. You need to find a guy like that. Yeah, but I agree with you on structure. If you go for an EVP up top, then the general manager, then the coach, all working together. And I don't see that. We haven't heard. Have you heard anything? Any talk no, of that at I all? I have not. not. I have not heard anything. No. But that doesn't mean. I mean, it's not like. I mean. It's not, like it's, gonna, not, it's not like you and I, hey, Peter. There's a, a statement from <laughs> no, the owner. Like, no, but you know what I'm what saying. You, no, no I agree with you, Pete, but together. here's the thing. Jaguars, are, like, for example, the the 
uh, Bears are leaning on Bill Polian to help him in their sure. search. Yep, and I have no idea. I have no idea. And there's only one person who does, by the way. Mm-hmm. And his name is Shad Khan. He happens to be the owner of this team. And I'm sure he's talking to certain people and, and getting input. But ultimately, this is going to be his call. And this is where I go back to Trent, and we can move on after this. But, you know, right now, Trent Baalke is the GM. He's under contract. He is working. And he might be the GM next year, and he might not be. We won't know. And maybe – and Sean might just say, why am I making a statement? He's the GM. He's under contract. We're moving forward. Maybe he'll come out and say something. Maybe he'll make a change. We don't know. i just thinking, looking at the big picture, something has to drastically change because whatever we've been doing – for the last 10 years isn't working. It's broken. And that's just, I mean, that's not being, I love this place. There's, I, I would argue there's very few people who love it as much as I do. So I'm not being critical of shot or anybody. It's just reality. And that's what the numbers tell you. True. And it's, it's it, true. it is what it is. And, and w- it is what it is. And what it is needs to change. Yeah. So it's something else next year and the years to come. Yeah, what it is is not good no. right now. Um, we'll come back. Plenty ahead on this topic, of course. We'll touch on some of the highlights again from yesterday's win over the Colts. Second hour coming up. Your social media questions. We're going to keep it real, as we always do. <laughs> I think we are keeping it real, are we not? Oh, it's it's real, all right. Uh, and it's spectacular. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour on a Monday afternoon after the regular season. This is the final show of the 2021 season. The final time J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, and Pete Prisco will be together in this season. Well, maybe we'll, you know, do a one-off here or there in the offseason. No, we but won't. No, I don't know. Pete's agent is tough. Yeah, Pete wants too much money. My agent is, my agent is tough, but... Vaselli's uh, price is going to go up this year. That's yeah, on a let's lot of hope, things. Let's hope. Yes, on a lot hey, of things. Hey, before I don't want to go down that path right now, Pete. Please. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know, we're we're, we're <laughs> talking about yeah. we were talking about last segment all this stuff, right? So let's. Trent Baalke's the GM. He's the GM, and let's say it moves forward like that. What is the best candidate of the names that are out there right now that would make a good fit? Yeah, and I, I, I think that's a good conversation, JP, because I think we should assume for right now that Trent is the gym because yeah. he is. He's under contract. And um, Trent's been around football a long time. He he knows personnel. He, he has um, been a scout at a lot of different places. He's had success. Um, I mean, if you look at this draft this year, I mean, a lot of people have killed him for it at times. But, I mean, I think setting aside – Well, looked better Trevor, yesterday. Set aside Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, obviously we don't know about ETN. He when, talked today. Yeah, he talked Travis today. But whether did. you like picking a draft uh, running back in the first round or not, Pete and I are in agreement here. We probably would not. But, you know, that's not fair to ETN because he might be a great player. He hasn't played a snap. Uh, Tyson Campbell is, I, I mean, all it looks like is going to be a really good player. Got better as the year went on. And Absolutely. he's going to be a good corner. And yep. that Trent picked him. And you look at uh, Walker Little, um, shaky early, but he was also out a year. Um, was supposed to be a first-rounder before he got hurt and sat out for COVID. Um, I think you look at it the last two weeks, he progressed. And, you know, like, all right, like, this is a guy that we feel like has a chance to be a starting caliber and a good football player on this team. He played well. I mean, he played good football. You going to bet the farm on him, though, yet? He, uh, he was no. really good yesterday. Yeah. Am I going to bet okay. the farm on him? 
after no, two weeks? He, no, but I think he's like. But he can be in your plans. Yeah, he's Absolutely. in your plans. He looked like I, I, an NFL quality left yeah, tackle. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think it does make you have a conversation what you do with Cam Robinson. I think right now where I sit, I probably still be leaning towards bringing him back because you have enough holes in that offensive line. Maybe one of them can move to guard. I mean, Walker Little is a big, powerful dude. You watch him run block. I mean, he's powerful. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, maybe you can move him down to guard. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. He looked like a natural left tackle. No, I know. I'm not saying you're going to move him to guard, but you know, you still don't know what you're going to do at the right tackle with Jawan Taylor. I mean, he's in he his was better year. yesterday. He looked better too. He's in his fourth year. You know, maybe he brings him back. You know, so get, he said plainly today. By the way, uh, he's not a guard. He's no. A I, I don't think he is. I don't think yeah. he is a guard. If you look at so his, he doesn't want uh, of his uh, how his body type and everything else. Um, you know, so it, it makes you gives you some optionality. Now you have to think about Cam Robinson what you do there. Um, but that so that was his draft pick, Cisco. I think the last two weeks, I don't know why it took him so long to get him on the field, but you know, did some nice things, ball hawking, running around. You know, that looked good. So I mean, we, it's hard to say about the uh, the young defensive end outside pass rusher. I can't think of his name right now. Jordan. Uh, Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith. UAB but didn't play Jay, much. Did not Jay, play much. Uh, Tufele had a couple plays yesterday. Yeah, Tufele, but yes. Tufele, Tufele is someone I have not been overly. I think he gets pushed around too much. Uh, questions about that one, but that's a mid-round draft pick. So my point is saying, let's assume Pete that Trent's staying here. If you're Trent Balky and Shad Khan, and we're assuming that the two of them are doing the interviews together. What kind of head coach are you looking for, Pete Prisco? Assuming it's be the same structure. Head, assuming, been, assuming it's the same yeah, structure. Head, they both report yeah. to Shot. A guy who's been a head coach before. Okay. Of those guys, give me your list. Caldwell and Peterson probably would lead that group. Okay. Hmm. What do you think about uh, Todd Bowles? I think Todd Bowles would be good. That'd be a good choice too. I like Todd Bowles. I like I Todd, Bowles, Todd a lot. Bowles. Had a chance with the Jets. I don't think he had a chance with the Jets. So another opportunity for him would be good. And if you've been around Todd, and you have, uh, Todd gets it. He's not going to play the games, and the players will respect him. They'll respect him. He's I'd, very, very smart. Very, very yep. organized. Um, what would be your biggest question mark around Todd Bowles, and what would you want to ask him if you were interviewing him? Who's what kind of offense you're going to run, and who's your coordinator? Yeah, I think that's the that's the one thing that could either put him higher on the list or drop him down the list. I mean, if if you were Todd Bowles and you could get Bill O'Brien as your offensive coordinator, that would be a good pairing. Yeah, I think Bill O'Brien's a good offensive coach. I really do. And I'm not so sure he's not a bad football coach. I just don't think he can have control because we saw what he did with control. It went, it went awry. Uh, uh, Here's my problem with Bill O'Brien and Trent Baalke. They, wouldn't, they would clash. That's a, you're going to get back to the same old, same old. They're going to clash. But I don't think that could work. Jim Caldwell could work with Trent Baalke. Because he, he's that kind of guy. The problem is, would Trent Baalke take advantage of that? You know what I mean? Because 
Jim Caldwell is a really nice guy. So would Trent Baalke take advantage of that? I, I don't. I think you have to. And Doug Peterson is interesting. I mean, he's got skins on the wall. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And he'd be good for the quarterback. He's a former NFL quarterback. He'd be good for the quarterback. But I think of those guys, that's the coaches that have. You know, Josh McDaniels isn't coming. They haven't even talked. They haven't even put his name out there. What about what about the um, the non head coaches? How would you rank the? I'll just name you three. Yeah, guys that have been coordinators. Uh, Hackett. Yeah. Uh, Leftwich and more. I rank those, rank those three. I don't. I, I I think. Look, I'm big on Byron. I think he's going to be a coach. I think the the whole thing of coming back to Jacksonville being the coach might be a problem. I mean, he Byron had a bad experience in Jacksonville. The fans didn't like him. He didn't like it. That might be a problem. Uh, he'll be a head coach. He should be a head coach. I don't know if this is a good fit. Kellen Moore, I'm not sure he's ready yet. We're rushing that one a little bit. And the other one, who's the third one you asked me about? Hackett. Nate Hackett. Hackett. Yeah. yeah, I think Nate Hackett. And I've talked to Rodgers about Nate Hackett. He loves him. He lo- Aaron Rodgers loves Nate Hackett. Is Nate Hackett ready, A, and B, he had a bad experience in Jacksonville. They fired him. They made him a scapegoat. Well, he shouldn't have been say, fired. Yeah. So – I was in the middle of 18 when that happened. Yeah, I think we're aligned on, you know, kind of the Todd Bowles, Caldwell. I'd wonder about about Caldwell's staff. Like, who would would Jim Caldwell be? I mean, I have the utmost respect for him, what he's done, who he is as a a man, as a leader. I think he'd command respect in the locker room. I think he'd be good for the building. I'd I'd wonder about who his staff would be. Like, who's like, because he's been out, he's been out a little bit, Pete. Right. And, and here's the other thing. He's also 66. I mean, that's he's not a kid. I mean, that's not good. You can get five years out of him. But again, it's not a kid. Here's a guy that's nobody's mentioning. Leslie Frazier. I'll give you another one. Raheem Morris. I think Raheem will be much, much better the second time around. And, and I think Raheem would be the first one to tell you that. I don't think Raheem was ready when he got it the first time. He, he just wasn't mature enough. He's matured. He's a good coach. I think he'd be a good hire. Yeah. And, and as you look at the – and I'll be quick, JP, because I know we're up against it. If you look at the three guys you talked about, Pete, that were not head coaches, I agree with you on more. I don't think he's ready. I do worry about Leftwich coming like Pete does coming back here. I, I really like Byron. I think one of Byron's strengths would be his standing in front of the 53 guys. I think he would command the respect. Yeah. Um, I've heard good things about him. I just think like he's still he's only been a coordinator under one guy, Bruce Arians. He's never been anywhere else. He's only been in that seat a few years of, as the real coordinator. So he's still a young coach. So I think there's some maturing. And my question would be not that whether Byron would be will be a good head coach in this league or not. Is him maturing to becoming that person best to be done here in Jacksonville with the history and and not just the history of his. But where we are as a franchise right now, that's a lot to ask. And Nathaniel Hackett, I think Nathaniel Hackett did one of the greatest coaching jobs as an offensive coordinator ever to get what he got out of the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles as quarterback. I thought it was outstanding, and I thought he got absolutely done wrong in 18 getting fired the way he did. My question with Nathaniel Hackett, and this is what you'd have to have long conversations. You'd have to really get comfortable as an as an owner and as a, as as an organization. 
Can you picture Nathaniel Hackett standing in front of the entire team and commanding the respect of the entire organization of those 53 guys? Pete brings up a great point. If you can do it with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. that's saying something right there all by itself. So I think Nathaniel, I think Nathaniel Hackett's a real, a real candidate, and they're going to interview him, and I, and I think it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Reports are Friday. Here, here, real quick, JP. Yes. Rich Passaccia is the interim coach of the Raiders. He's been around this league forever. And, and everyone loves him. Ra- they love him. And, he's just, and he can have a hammer, man. He can be tough on his guys. He'll call them out. But he's not a play caller. He's not a good – he's just an overseer. And he's involved. But he doesn't call the defense and he doesn't call the offense. Sometimes out there you can – John Harbaugh was one of those guys. You can find a guy who can just lead the whole thing and not necessarily be an X's and O's guy from a good offense or a good defense. That's what you have to find. And I think there's there, – and they haven't even gone any of that route yet. These are all been ex-coaches and coordinators so far. Right. We'll come back in a moment. Draft order finalized. The top 16 at least after the regular season is done. The Jaguars land at the top. Spoiler. Winner, winner, winner. <laughs> a winner and a number one overall pick yesterday. Pretty good day at the office. Uh, second hour coming up in just a little bit as well. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. We're back. Jaguars Happy Hour Monday after the regular season. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco, the final time for the 2021 campaign. Now it's on to the offseason and everything that brings. Coaching search is underway. And soon, the NFL draft right around the corner. Yes, the Jaguars have the number one overall pick for the second year in a row. The uh, top 16, in fact, finalized yesterday. Jaguars, the Lions got a win, so... They finish 313-1. The Texans will pick third. Jets fourth. Giants fifth with their own picks. Panthers sixth. Giants get the Bears pick at seven. Falcons at eight. Broncos at nine. Jets are at number ten. There you have it in the top ten. So the New York team's picking twice in the top ten. And uh, the, the Jaguars right there at the top again. Here we go. Draft talk commences. <laughs> Draft talk. Pete, who are you picking? Number one. You're the GM. You know what? I went back and watched more Hutchinson tape. I'm taking Hutchinson. I'm really? taking Hutchinson. Over the yeah. uh, over the Oregon kid? Yeah, he's a better player. Not- Here, here's the thing. When I – like somebody said to me, they go, his Penn State tape wasn't great. So I went back and watched it. He had three sacks in the game. They chipped him and, and did every – the running backs got on him and the tight ends chipped him on every play. They ran away from him almost the entire game, and they got the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. And he still had three sacks. He's a disruptor. He's a, a – a, plays hard. His hands are – Tony, you know the guys with the hands, the, the Boses, those guys that know how to use their hands, and they look like – when they got to the NFL, they look like pros already. He's one of those guys. He's got the great get the hands off me as he's rushing the passer, and, and he's a big – I think he's going to get bigger. I don't think he's not a thick kid yet. He's no, kind he looks of lean, lean that was a little my only, bit. He's tall. Watching him against uh, Georgia, which everyone killed him. Yeah, he got uh, well, he had the left tackle was laying on top of him a couple of times. I mean, I, I, I mean, 
The he left was, tackle is going to be a le- starting tackle in the league, by the way, just to right. tell you. And he, yeah. and he wasn't he wasn't bad. He was, but he, he he just didn't get. I mean, Georgia just dominated that game overall. Right, Pete. Did you watch the Michigan State game? Michigan, Michigan State. Game. I haven't watched that one yet. Check that but, one out because he only had like three tackles. He did have a sack in the game, but they ran the ball a bunch. That was a day that uh, the running back for State had five touchdowns. Yeah, my, my only concern with him, Pete, and I've watched very little, no tape, just like watching him live. So in highlights, so I'm the wrong person. Like I, I don't even know who I'd pick right now. I haven't watched. I haven't watched one college tape, but watching him on TV, he looks really lean. Like he lean. doesn't look very strong, yeah. like big. But he's but he is strong though. That's the thing. He's lean and strong because he can bull rush guys to big guys. He can bull rush them. He's strong. I mean, that's the thing. I'm a, I, I'm the same way. When I watch him on TV, I'm like, okay, he's lean. He needs to put on about twenty pounds. Yeah. But when you watch him, he plays strong. He's a strong kid, Tony. He's why, powerful. Why do you sour on the Oregon kid, Pete? I haven't. I haven't soured on him. I just. I this kid plays. Tough and hard every play. And he, you, you know what I love when a guy chases down run plays from the backside? You know, that tells you that he cares. I mean, he re, I mean, I'm talking to him across the way. He chases him down. And I don't think the Oregon kid does that. Pete, where do you rank the receivers coming out? Mm. Mm. The kid the kid you're going to see tonight is the best receiver. Jameson Williams. Yeah, I he can, Williams. I haven't watched enough. I watched a little bit of Ohio State, but I've, I've watched a number of Alabama games. The kid can just fly. What does he run? What's he going to run, like 4-3? I don't think he's that yeah. – I don't think he's, he's the burner. I think he's game fast. He he's game fast. Yeah, right? he's game fast. Because he can catch Which, it, and all of a sudden he can outrun everybody. Like, whoa. Yeah, like the kid, the other kid that's the other top receiver, the other Wilson from Ohio State, he's not a burner on the on the clock either. But they play fast. Yeah, he's the one. That that's the one I would take because he's the guy. Every time he touches the ball, you have to hold your breath. But you're not that's taking. What you want. You're not taking him number one overall. No, I take I take either Hutchinson, Thibodeau, or Neal. That's my pick. If I'm if I'm stuck at one. Neil, the left, but I think Little's play the last two weeks gives me some options now, not being forced to take an, a, a Neil. There you have it. Um, so we'll come back second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour right around the corner. We'll recap the game again yesterday. We'll keep it real. We haven't done that yet. Yes, we have. But we'll do it again for real coming up. Your social questions will go around the league as well. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. look back and really think about the biggest thing I've learned. I think just for me, um, learning how to really be resilient in tough times and to keep being the same person and to try to keep that confidence week in and week out. You know, it's a 17-game season and just because you have a bad first game or a bad seventh game, you still have so many games left and you got you got to come ready to play each week and regardless of, you know, we obviously we didn't win a lot of games this year, but there's so many games we could have won and we could have won, and we have enough talent, and every team has enough talent. And it's really about execution. It's about being ready, everybody being on the same page. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is college, it's, it's, it's more about talent. Obviously, towards the end of the season, you look at the national championship playoffs, all those talent is kind of equated. But here, every game is 
pretty even. You know, any any team can win any given Sunday, and knowing that, I think that's something valuable that I've learned. It's Trevor Lawrence after the game yesterday, and welcome back. It's the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday after the regular season. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco. The Jaguars snapped an eight-game losing skid yesterday. 26-11 the final score. They scored on the opening drive, hit a bunch of field goals, moved the ball, certainly in the first half. The Jags' defense got going in the second half with a couple of takeaways, a fumble off Carson Wentz, an interception off Wentz as well. Uh, we mentioned Lawrence. He had one of the best days of his rookie campaign on the final day of his rookie season. The Jaguars secured the number one overall pick, even though they won. Detroit won over the Packers, so the Jags are picking number one overall for the second year in a row. Coaching interviews continue. All the reports of more interviews coming up this week. And we've arrived at the offseason. Tony, you look very excited about that. <laughs> I am excited. I'm, I, I, I'm, you're never excited when you go 3-14 you know, and 14 and have the season we did. Um, I'd much be I'd be much more excited about if we were playing in the if we were in the playoffs right now. Uh, That'd be fun. Yes, I'm excited. I get to go do playoff games. I'll be in, uh, doing Dallas, uh, San Francisco this weekend. I saw that. That'll be fun. That's big. Um, wow. Um, it was so, Spiro Ditas, right? Yep. I'm not. So I'm not excited about like how this season went and that it's the off season. That's. I'm very interested in where this goes though. I'm interested to see who the next head coach is. I'm interested to see what Shaw decides to do. I'm interested to see how this um, organization evolves on the football side. I'm interested in thinking, are we going to do something different or are we going to do the same old, same old? I'm interested. Curious. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of, of having these conversations every year, it feels like, outside of one in the last decade plus because for, even before Shaw became owner, it was yeah. similar. I think your point earlier – Everybody wants an answer now, like today. Yeah, it's not. You're not going to get it. That's not going to work. That's no. not going to. That's not how it's going to happen, Pete. It's no, not you're not going to get it. It's gonna be, you got to be patient. Tony was right. You got to be patient. Get the right guy, not the first guy. It's the right guy. Hey, real quick, did you you guys watch the game last night? Uh, for Pete, maybe the best. It's and I and you always do this in like the moment, but it was one right. of the best football games I've seen in a while. It was outstanding. It was outstanding. But the way that kid threw the ball around, that's what Trevor Lawrence should look like next year. When need be to sling it around to fast, good receivers in the passing game, he has to. He should be able to do what Herbert does. There's a lot of similarities between the two of them. Long, big, athletic, can really rip it. He should be doing what Justin Herbert did last night. Now you don't want to throw the ball 60 times a game, but I'm saying in situations where you have to zing it around, he should be capable of doing what Herbert did last night. That's what he has to get to next year. As and it's not as, just on him, it's building around them. Yeah, I mean, he has some weapons. His mm -hmm. receivers are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um good back, really good back in Eckler. Um, as long as we don't get the head coach who goes for it and fourth in a long oh. one on, oh, on the 20-yard line. <laughs> Oh, just Pete, you promise yeah, me we won't do that? It, I mean, what the hell was he? And, and you know, these analytics kids, you know what it is? And I'm going to sound like an old fart here because I am. <laughs> but they grew up playing Madden with their buddies, 
a lot of these guys, the, the fans out there in the Twitter cult. So when he goes for it, it reminds of them when they were facing their friend in Madden football. What are you doing? Momentum matters in the NFL. It really does. You know, you play, Tony. There's a flow and a feel to a game. What are you doing? Giving them a point play. You gave them three points. And it could have been – if the here's the other thing. If the Raiders hadn't screwed up on the first play after they got that free free field position, they ran, they ran some like a little trick, trick play. play with Mariota. Right. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> right. But you think so it was it was it was unbelievable. Next time we see Oli, we'll give him crap about that one too. Oli, what are you doing? Do you, you think Brandon Staley would like those three points back that he just gave the Raiders? Yeah, he'd be in the playoffs right now. Unbelievable. I mean, I don't. I just don't. There's there's something to be said for being more aggressive, maybe than what they used to be. I get it. I understand it. And analytics helps you understand that. But don't be stupid with it. Game flow. It, and I thought Dean Pease last week. You saw Dean Pease, what he said. He yeah. went viral for some of the things he said, and he got crucified for it. He was right, by the way. He was right. Now, right, but, but, down but, but that hand, game last night was doing? fast. The whole thing was fascinating. The tie on the line. like The, the timeout. The, the Chargers, you know, converting six fourth downs, like fourth and 21, I call it. Right, some long I'm ones. Like, Gus, what are you doing? And he had the third and 22 draw play. That oh, was the third and 22 draw. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually, like the timeout that Brandon Staley called, everyone's killing him. They yeah. were going to run the same play, by the way. They I didn't like up. it. Huh? I know they were because they had different they had different personnel in the game. No, but the the, 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 the my point is, Pete, the Raiders were getting up to run the ball, and if they got yardage and they got a first down, they would have tried to get the field goal. If they didn't, they were hoping to let the clock run out. And that's why they ran the clock below 40 seconds so that they had the optionality. If they didn't get it, they could run it all the way down or force. You like uh, that word today, by the way, the huh? optionality Optionality. Word. You like the optionality Optionality, word. baby. Optionality is a good thing to have in life, Pete. You got to have options. I, you mean options, not optionality. Uh, <laughs> optionality. Is that a real word? That's a real word. Optionality no. is a real word. I'm, I'm looking it up. You'll it says, up. you know, I don't know. I don't know if I trust this. It's on the internet. It must be true. Uh, the quality of being available to be chosen, but not obligatory. Thank you. Optionality. It's a real word. It's on the Bam. internet, though. I, <laughs> Pete, is, maybe you should go back to journalism school because I just no. fooled you. The potential for <laughs> options. Optionality. Optionality. Come on. I don't think I've ever heard that. Well, you should listen more. No. Hmm. Wow. But anyways, back to <laughs> back to the timeout. They were going to run the ball, and if they didn't get anything, you're right. But he he called timeout because he wanted to substitute his big package in, and then he didn't though. So, but he no, he did. He put the, no. He you know what he did, Tony? He because I went back and watched it. He put an extra defensive lineman on the field, but instead of having two linebackers. He still had his nickel package on the field, so he had a dime safety playing linebacker. Mm. And that guy made a terrible play because he went the wrong way. You know who had a terrible play? The reason that run was successful? Bosa got blocked by the tight end. That the tight happen. end got him. Wow. He was came in motion down the line, blocked him, and he cracked in between them. Wow. But I still would have let him play it out. Play it out. Give me a break. You call timeout. No, but everyone- it was almost like – they, they let him regroup in that situation. No, but they brought the not- blocking tight end onto the field. They weren't going to th- – did you think they were ever considering throwing in that situation? No, no, I agree with that. My point – I was going back to the f- fact that everyone on the internet last night was saying 
that the that the Raiders were just going to take a knee right there on third down. They, they were going to take a knee. They were going to run the ball again. But right. and, they and guess nothing, what? The if game they, was going to be a tie. If they, but if they run the ball and they get 10 yards like they did on the after the timeout, they do the exact same thing and kick the field goal. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have the run grouping in, the Raiders. They didn't have the tight end that was the blocking tight end on the field in that situation. And That's, that's the difference. Okay, I, I'm not arguing that. My point is everyone on Twitter freaking out thinking they were going to take a knee there is not the case. They were not taking a knee. By, by the way, Pete's being very nice today about the uh, Chargers head coach. Last night on Twitter, it was like, hey, people just like his answers. Like, what is going on here? I called him a moron because it was a moron decision. It's a moron decision. To go for it in your own end was on the 18-yard line. That's a moron decision. <sighs> I mean, and then what do you – I mean, how could you possibly think that's a good decision? Now, the game got loose. So in a loose game, like in the third, late, the fourth quarter, maybe you do that. But at that moment, the game wasn't loose at all. They had the momentum. What was the score at that point? 17-10. What was it? 14-10, right? No, when they, they were down, it was 17-14. Uh, 17, 17, yes. Yeah, 17, okay, 17-14. The game's not loose. You, you, you got to play that game. You got to conventionally pump the damn ball. Yeah, Carlson hit the 31-yarder, and it was 20-14. to 14. Yeah, My original point about the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence should be that next year. So the question becomes, how do you get him to that? The Chargers, Tony made a good point. Eckler's a damn good back. The left side and the center of their line is good. The right side is awful, and they have injuries there, but they're awful right now. Do they have a tight end that scares you? Cook's okay. Cook's good now. Not, he's, he's a big. Up, he's, he's a big. He's a big body, Pete. That's a matchup issue, and you saw that in key third downs or fourth downs yesterday. But he's get. But he's getting up in the years. Fair. And okay, the wide receivers. Keenan Allen's really good. Mike Williams. Mike Williams is an unrestricted free agent. Would you pay him? How much you got to pay him? No, oh, he's going to get paid. You're going to get I, him Galladay money, probably. What did Galladay get? Thirteen a year. Yeah, I'd pay him that probably. You, to come to J- he doesn't run as well as you think he runs. No, but he's a dang good receiver. So well, I mean, if you're Jacksonville, you would you would you would pay. I, Mike I would Williams. I would kick the tires for sure, Pete. You have to get receivers here. I know. Okay, so you pay Mike Williams. You draft. You get one in the draft, and it's a good receiver draft, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because if you look at um, like like everyone talks about, you need that burner. Who's the burner on the Los Angeles Chargers? Keenan Allen doesn't run. No. Mike Williams isn't a burner. No, they don't have a burner. Guyton isn't a burner. They're just all really big, good, their they're all big good receivers. They're all big good receivers. He couldn't remember the plays this year. That's their burner. Yeah. Yeah, Palmer's not a burner. You know, My the point is they're all, big, but like they're all big guys and good route runners. Right. right. Hey, we'll come back in a moment. We're going to keep it real. Have we not been yes. doing that? No. Okay. We're going to do it. Faking when we, it. We I can't believe I got my case this week in the mail. You did. I got two. Yeah. You didn't You didn't get yours yet? I got two cases. Well, I got I get left out. Yeah. I must have got JP's. You must have. Mine <laughs> didn't JP's, arrive. JP's looking around like, what's what serious? Wait a minute. I got a red I got a red and a white. Wow. What a deal. <laughs> JP, JP's like, they left me out. I got an empty glass is all I got. Uh, Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vice Star Credit Union. 
Do good, bank better. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just feel like uh, as of now, I'll be ready for training camp. I'll be ready to go. And the next milestone for me is uh, to get back uh, doing weightlifting, uh, uh, Olympic weightlifting, like squats and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't really been squatting because uh, it is a list for an injury and now it's on the bottom of the foot. So uh, the next step is getting back to doing those squats, getting my legs back right, and uh, get back to full speed running. And hopefully, uh, I, I, I look forward to being in a training camp and uh, just being back to myself. That is Travis Etienne speaking with the media today. First time we've heard from him since the preseason. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. And it's time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Bob? I'm waiting. <laughs> I-, I like to thank Bob. Here's the question today. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are enjoying it. Uh, what's the best thing to come out of this season for the Jaguars? It's over. <laughs> the first round, the first overall pick. Quarter, I can, I quarterback's can, healthy. Quarterback's healthy. I can argue that Urban Meyer's gone. That's the best thing. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, because it, it was it was chaotic here. It was dysfunctional. You're, could you imagine? Go, could that you imagine with what this team went through and the organization went through going into another year, knowing that that's what you're facing? No, you're right. That's the best thing. That's the best thing for so to come out of this year. Mm-hmm. You found out what he was early. Yeah, you, you got realized re- it. Like you, cut, like, you, like, you know, there's like a term sometimes in like in startup world of business, like fail fast, like figure out what doesn't work so you can make the correction instead of investing a bunch of capital that you have limited resources of i mean limited amount of and fail fast like move on to the next thing figure it out um and i'm thankful that we figured it out quickly who he really was and that he was a little bit of a is fraud too big of a word to use because he no. talked a lot about no, accountability he talked a lot about accountability and family and and owning it and i didn't see any of that from him um we found out early, and I'm thankful that Shad, who in, who took a big swing in the last offseason and and made a big statement and made statements how he felt like he got it right this time and yeah. everything else. And I, I'm thankful that Shad Khan is not too proud to not to be able to admit a mistake and say, you know what, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I mean, that's good leadership. And I know that like, you can get on him for getting it wrong. That's fine. Worse than getting it wrong is not admitting that it was wrong and hanging on. And we've seen that in this organization in the past, not from Chad, but from others, I'll leave nameless, of hanging on to decisions that end up costing this organization in the long run. But, but here's when the it comes other to, thing. Is, what, uh, so the fact that he made that decision so quickly, Pete, I think is really important. And if Urban didn't go to Jacksonville last year, let's just say he didn't, and he decided this year, I'm in play I want an NFL team to hire me. They'd be fighting for him. The teams, would, if he if he had not experienced Jacksonville, and he came out of retirement, there'd be a lot of teams fighting for him. Oh yeah, yeah. The, so, the, I I don't think he I, I don't think Shad would, would be alone. Is your point? 
No, right. of course not. Yep. Because he fooled a bunch of people. He, he fooled people. Well, I don't think he can fool anyone any longer because I think it's pretty obvious, you know, what his uh, M.O. is. Yeah. I mean, All right. when you recruit the best players, you're going to win a lot of games in college football. You can't well, he, do that in the NFL. Well, he's a great recruiter. There's no doubt about that. I don't that. know how. I don't know how. Seriously. I do not know how. If he came, if I was a 17-year-old kid and that guy came into my living room, I would s- smell out the BS from, from the minute he walked in the door. Pete, Pete I, you are so full of it. Come I know on. You, you would that. be going to Ohio Pete. State like that. What are you talking about? The I mean, only way I'd be going to Ohio State is they paid me more than what Alabama paid me. <laughs> oh, wow. But Shots fired. Mm, okay. Well, Pete, then you'd be one of the few because he, saw, he has sold a lot of people over his lifetime. Okay, Tony, you were recruited. Would you listen to his crap? Oh, I think as an 18-year-old kid, and actually I was 17 when yeah, I was getting recruited. Younger than that. I mean, yep. when I signed my letter of intent, I was 17 years old. And if Urban Meyer came to me and selling me, like, in his smooth talking and family and this, and this is what we're going to do. And championship I, rings. And, and, like, championship yeah. rings. Yeah, Pete, I would have fallen for it. Instead, now, you took the dough and went to USC. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I was not a big recruit. I got paid. I can hey, honestly he's say from Colorado to USC. Where do you think he's getting? Wow. I can honestly say. I can honestly say, giving you know my word, I did not get any money from the University of Southern California or anyone associated with the University of Southern California, any booster coach, anything else to go to the US, uh, to USC. Never got anything from them to go to that school. That means that means you shortchange yourself then because everybody. No, I wasn't. Next to you, he, I wasn't a big recruit. I was like a. I was like a middle of the road guy, fighting for a spot. What were your other options, by the way? So I got I got asked to walk on by a couple places. Um, my five trips, you know, back then you, I think it's the same thing. You can pick five schools you took official visits to. It was USC. Uh, University of Colorado, because I lived in Boulder. Mm-hmm. They were good national champion, yes, chi- they were. Uh, champions. Yeah. Uh, Arizona State was a trip. Pete's alma mater. Now they were offering you dough, weren't they? No, I got nothing <laughs> from them. I, I, I ended up canceling the visit, though, Pete, because it was right after USC, and I went on campus at USC, and I'm like, I'm not going to A-State. There's no chance. Um, <laughs> so you didn't even go? No, I never showed up. Um, <laughs> uh, Michigan State. Really? Yeah. East Lansing. Yeah. You got to remember that my uh, senior year was the year that Tony Mandrick came out. So it was like uh, offensive line, yeah, like big yeah, deal. Yeah. And then Stanford was my last one. Stan- you would got into Stanford? And he didn't get the grades to go to Stanford. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you know who recruited me out of Stanford, Pete? Ooh, Bill Walsh? No. Bill, uh, Denny Green was the head coach at the time. Denny Green. No, but you know who what, what, what position coach actually recruited me? Came to my house. Home Ooh. visit, met with my parents, everything. Who? Brian Billick. He was the wide receiver oh, coach wow. on Denny Green's staff. <laughs> How about that. Yeah. Wow. Funny. So then you took the money and went to USC. I never got paid anything. <laughs> Trust me, none of them were but, paying but, me anything. But when when you had recruiting visits, did the, no so no head coach ever came to your house? Uh, Bill McCartney did. Well, that was down the block. Yeah, he's in Boulder. Yeah, I'm right. trying to think. Right I there. think Denny Green would have. I believe Larry Smith did. He was the USC coach. 
Uh, Perlis did not from Michigan State. I think he would have. I, 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 um, so I took visits. to My first visit in December, like early December, when you start visits, was Michigan State. The next visit was to um, Colorado. And then before Christmas, I went to uh, – early in December, I went right to USC. And so, like, the home visit started, like, in like that fall – and so, like, it didn't end until February, and I committed before I ever went on a visit to Stanford or Arizona State. Um, I committed on my trip to USC. I walked in that place, and I just – I'm literally – I showed up. They took me on campus. I walked into Heritage Hall, saw the Heisman Trophy, saw the history, went and met with the uh, head coach, Larry Smith, and he says, hey, I want to offer you a scholarship. And I said, coach, I'll take it. <laughs> Wow. So, so his, so he didn't need to sell you on anything, then. No. So you didn't go there for Larry Smith. You went there for USC. I went there for USC. Right. So that's what I'm saying. When Urban was first starting out, like at Florida, they weren't didn't have. I mean, they had the Spurrier years, but that's. I just. I don't. I, maybe I'm cynical. No, I, Pete. But I'm not going to believe Pete, anybody talking I, about we're one family. We're like, no, you're not. You're going to use and abuse me, just like. You use and abuse every other kid that comes through here for your benefit. I know what it is. I know the game. Just tell well, me, what Pete, you, are we going to play for national championships? Am I going to be given a chance to be a starter and a contributor on a regular basis? And can you get me to the league? That's all I want to know. Yeah. So, Pete, when I was that age, I, I was like, I wasn't a huge recruit. And I, you know, back then, remember, not very many teams were on TV either. College Correct. football. And so, like, USC, like, Rose Bowl and, like, like seeing them, I just I remember like it was like them and Notre Dame. I was in awe, and Notre Dame said they didn't want me. Like those two schools were like the two schools. I was like, oh my gosh. No, now, I, I get it because like when I first went, my first year at ASU, you they played USC, and I remember standing. I was eight, seventeen years old. I remember watching them come out of the tunnel. I'm like, oh my god, that's USC. Yeah, and <laughs> you so know, that's the Trojans. And like Michigan State was a great visit. I loved it. I that that was my, my I loved East Lansing and I loved that place. But I went to SC and when that when Larry Smith looked at me and says we're offering you a scholarship, I'm like I'm in. I went home to the hotel. I went back to the hotel that night, and I called my dad, and I said, Dad, I, I committed to USC. He says, You did what? You're supposed to go to Stanford next week. <laughs> I go, Dad, I'm not going to Stanford. I'm going to USC. Yeah, but- then you whispered in the phone. You said, "Yeah, you should see the envelope they sent." No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's not true, Pete. Not true. <laughs> but Pete, to your point about Urban, I didn't wow. buy his stuff. I'm 49 years old now, and I've been around the block. You've been around the block. You've seen too much. That's why you never bought it this time. I, but I was a I was a 17 year old cynic. I didn't care. I didn't believe anybody's crap. Never have, except for your own. Right. Like I say, 99% of the people in the world, hey, 99% of the people in the world are beeps and the other 1% have to prove they're not. (laughs) Uh, At least Tony, you know, contributed a Freedom Bowl trophy and a Cotton Bowl trophy to that trophy room in in Southern Cal. Yeah. Way to go. You know, these teams weren't very good. Uh, My senior year, we were good. We blew it. We. Rob Johnson got hurt. We he, lost to Oregon. He, he play, remember Pete. He played half of the Cotton Bowl. They put him in the Cotton Bowl Hall, of, Hall fame of Fame a couple years I ago. Mean, he played one half. What we were by the about? end of the by the end of the season. We were the best. I mean, we had a young team. Besides, I mean, Keyshawn show, had just shown up. J- JC transfer. 
by the end of the year, no one wanted. I mean, we beat Texas Tech in the Cotton Bowl 55 to 10. I mean, we were rolling. 55 um, 14, but yes. Oh, 14? 55 14? Yes. Sorry. Um, the biggest, re- like, my biggest regret, not regret, disappointment in college football and one of my, in football overall is we had first and goal from the three yard line, maybe, maybe the four against UCLA my junior year. If we score a touchdown, we go to the Rose Bowl. And we got stuffed mm. and threw a pick. Mm. Got stuffed on first down, stuffed on second down, mm. threw a pick on third down, and lost the game. Who would you have played in the Rose Bowl? Uh, Wisconsin. Mm. Oh, the Badgers. What year was that? 1993. Was that, was that Ron Dane? No, that might have no, been no, the Daryl no. Bevel game. Maybe might have been Daryl Bevel, nineteen ninety three. You know who was on that ninety three team that we would have played? What was the uh, defensive lineman we we uh, drafted out the sixth round out of uh, Wisconsin oh, that year? Mike Thompson. Mike Thompson. He was on that Wisconsin team. Wow. Yeah, Mike Thompson. Yeah, ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. They were ten one and one. Wisconsin was, and yeah, they beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl, twenty one sixteen. Who were the backs on that team? Yeah, Daryl Bevel was the quarterback for yeah. that team. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Life is, First and goal. How about that? Bevel. First and goal. Why, why, if, did they run behind you? We ran twice and they, we got stuffed. Did you get blown up? No, I mean, I, I didn't, but I didn't dominate. I was, it was my second game back after dislocating my kneecap. I had missed five games that year. And I mean, I, I, I think I stalemated the guy. It, I mean, I didn't dominate him by any means um but we got stuffed that by the way was keeping it real presented by woodbridge by robert mondavi open up a winner today real ingredients award-winning wine by robert mondavi i hope you guys are enjoying it Mm, yummy what's in that cup tony i can't i don't want to speak to that we're on the air okay marinate on that we're back in a moment social media questions happy new year tony Thank you, YouTube, JP. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. JP Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli. The final show of the season. Pete, I know you're doing. Uh, you're, go- you're doing playoff games. You in studio? What are you doing? Studio. Thankfully. Okay. You know, for me to go to playoff games and there's not really any access like it used to be, it it's yeah. almost defeats the purpose. That's a good point, uh, Tony. You're you're doing the first round for sure. We know that. I'm doing all three. I'm doing. Uh, I'm in um, Dallas for the Wild Super Card Wild Weekend. It's the Super, super Wild Card Weekend. Card, super wild you might want to get super that right. Wild Weekend. <laughs> you better watch out, calling it the Super <laughs> Card Wild Weekend. Ooh, it's going to get wild <laughs> in Dallas. Some, you might be heading somewhere else this uh, weekend. Plenty of places in, in Dallas to, oh, to celebrate that, I think. <laughs> super, super Wild Card. card. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. sorry. Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, <laughs> and then Divisional, I'm hoping – I've requested, but I won't know until after the games this weekend. I'm hoping to go to Nashville because it's easy, close. And then it looks like I will most likely be in the NFC City for the uh, conference championships, which will probably be Green Bay. Bay. Okay. Green Bay. Oh. 
Green Bay into I'll January. That's freezing. always fun. Yeah, freezing. Yeah, I, I might go out in the championship game. It depends on what the restrictions are. Well, if you do, come to Green Bay, Pete, with me. We'll hang out. Oh, gosh. I've been there. I was there when Coughlin beat the Packers in the freezing cold game. It was the cold, coldest I've ever been in my life. Come out. You should come, and we'll go get a big steak the night before. Tell us, and we'll tell lies. Are you uh, are you going to the Super Bowl? Um, I am not working the Super Bowl this year. No. So okay. I will only be at the Super Bowl if the Hall of Fame comes calling. Mm. Well, they're going to vote on that before the Super Bowl. I did. That's what I just said. I will only go. <laughs> oh. oh, so if you get in, <laughs> if not, <laughs> let's watch it on television. Like I'll, the be, rest yeah, of I'll us. be watching it at home. Yeah, I, I don't want to. My uh, my days as a sideline reporter are over. So I retired wow. from sideline. Wow. Why? You don't like doing it? I don't enjoy it. Hey, like what you like. I just don't enjoy it. It's like, by it's a long day. My back hurts. I'm like, I just don't enjoy it. And I told him this year, I'm like, don't want to do it. So I'm not. Fair enough. Wow. Well, wow. I mean, Pete. At some point, you got to get in life and do what you enjoy doing, and that's not something I. Oh, enjoy I know. Doing. You want to? You like being in the booth? I like the booth. And, so, in the championship game, you're going to be in the booth for one of the championship games. Yeah, I have the last the five years, four years, whatever it is, okay. six years, whatever it is. Right. Um, who do you work that? Who do you work that last weekend with? Either Ian or Kevin Harlan. Depends where they right. put them. Yeah. Kurt will be in one booth. I'll be in the other booth. And Kurt will do the uh, Super Bowl. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Um, seeing that he played in several, I never did. So probably we'll never call a Super Bowl game from the booth because I never played in one. Well, there you have it. And you wouldn't have played in one if had they made it in 99 either. I would have in 96, though. <laughs> oh, you know a funny story about that, uh, Pete? Willie, Cl- Willie Clay says hello. Um my uh, my son had COVID. One of my kids had COVID, and so he's quarantined. So he went back and started watching old Jaguar games. He's a he, my boys are the biggest Jaguar fans. Both Andrew and Adam, my two boys, I mean, love live and die Jaguars. And my second son Adam went back and watched old playoff games from the '96 and old games, and he he'd be like calling me. I'm like, dude, I'm like away. He's like, Dad. I was watching, like, describing plays. Yeah, son, I was there. And, I remember. And Pete, he went through the uh, <laughs> AFC Championship game in 96, and he was, like, distraught that we lost the game. He was like, I can't believe you lost. The stupid special teams play, blah, blah. And it was – I just made me laugh. <laughs> Brought back sad you memories because we didn't make it. See you, I can still see you trying to chase down after the fumble. I can still see it like it's yesterday. That was terrible. When you when, Yeah, and Brunel's interception was terrible because Jimmy ran the wrong route. I told on you, Jimmy. I told on you. <laughs> it was too Jimmy bad. tried to tell me it wasn't him. It was him. Hmm. Well, you know what? It's all spilt milk, and you can't do anything about it now. It's got to move on. That's right. Well, we're moving on to social media questions. Okay. Uh, we've got um, – we put out the bat signal, of course, earlier on Monday. Here's the best we come up with for the final show. Number one today at GMAC1234567. After seeing Walker Little improve over the last two weeks, is it enough for you to make him the starting left tackle next year, or would you still bring Cam Robinson back this offseason? Um, noted left tackle, would you like to answer this question? Um, I, did, I answered it earlier. I, 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 to be determined. 
I got to do more work. I mean, it also depends, you know, what's the franchise number? What are you doing with the rest of um, the offensive line? Where are the holes? You got to make decisions with Linder and um, Norwell. I mean, so there's A.J. Can. I mean, there's a lot of questions yet. I don't think you make that in a vacuum, that decision. Because you have five positions to fill. Um, Cam still is the best left tackle on this team right now as of this year. That doesn't mean Walker Little can't surpass him. But if you're just looking at who had the, you know, look at all the tape for the entire year, Cam's better right now. But I don't know if Cam had a game as good as Walker Little had on Sunday. I haven't watched it yet, Pete, because I was up He was good. He got, beat, he got beat inside once by Buckner but, uh, on a run play. But He got, he got, he had but he got bowled by uh, – uh, uh, pay, uh, Quitty pay, Quitty pay. One time, that's all. I, I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So, but but again, you're right. Robinson in the big picture is a better left tackle right now. But you, why not have both of them back? You could figure out a way to play them both somewhere. I agree. That's why I'm saying you might bring. I don't know if it's one or the other. I mean, Walker Little's coming yeah. back for sure. I mean, that's a no brainer. Yes. I mean, right. The decision is. I agree with you, Pete. Why do you have to make a decision? By the way, I noticed him walking in with the with the quarterback after practice today. So, like you, he's uh, latched on to the quarterback uh, to keep his spot on the roster. That means he's smart. <laughs> he's a smart man. Stay close. He, to went, the, he went to Stanford. What do you want? Stay close to the franchise quarterback. And here's one thing, Pete. Why couldn't you franchise? Why couldn't you franchise Cam Robinson and trade him? You could. You could, depending on what else you do. You're right. You could. Well, yeah, why, I would why, franchise him just to protect yourself. Yeah, why would you right. let him walk out the door for free is my point. I wouldn't. Yeah. Unless you're thinking you can get a comp pick back for him. Maybe you can get a second rounder if you franchise him. When's the last time the Jags had a compensation pick? That hasn't happened. It's been a while. Well, usually they're the one signing player. Right. They're signing everybody. That's how it works. All right. Uh, By the next... way, they still have a lot of money to spend, JP. A whole lot. A whole lot. And if they make some of those moves, like they make changes there, then that opens up even more money. Yeah, I mean, Linder and Norrell, those are the big ones to watch for not being back on the offensive yeah. line. I, See, think, yeah. I don't know anything. I'm just saying based on injuries, based on performance, contracts. based on a lot of contra- contracts, so money spent. I mean, those were, I'd be looking there. Yeah. Uh, next question. Social media today. At uh, Britt Jag, can the momentum from yesterday's win carry into next season? I know the consensus is normally no, but that win felt huge yesterday. The momentum of the win doesn't carry over. You're going to have a whole new staff. You're going to have a whole new team. This team will look remarkably different next year in a lot of ways. What can carry over is the confidence of the individual players and the performance they have because you have a good taste in your mouth. It gives you something to build on. You have good feelings moving forward. So I think that you can build on it, but building on it as a team win too much turnover is going to happen in this organization. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it carries over. I. I, I just don't. I mean, it, it, for a guy like Trevor Lawrence, it probably says, "Oh, you know what? I know I can play in this league now." You know that that gives me validation, but I don't think it carries over to next year. Easy enough. Next question: Social media. At Duval underscore Buckeyes, Victory Monday, boys. If you were to rank the open coaching positions, where would the Jags rank? Pete? It would rank up there. I don't know where I'd rank it, but I think you got an owner that's willing to spend. You have a lot of cap room. You have the first overall pick. I think we said this all last year, by the way. 
Um, <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> it's 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 a, in a state that has no state income tax, and you get a new facility, and you're by the beach, and the weather is good. So aside from that, what's wrong with it? And Minnesota weather stinks. Miami, you got to you know like Jack. There's the problem. Like Jackson, well, you inherit a general manager because Chris Greer is staying. The Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to keep Rich Passaccia, um, and the Broncos' job. That's where's the quarterback? They have no, of all those teams, the Bears have a quarterback, the Jaguars have a quarterback, and the Raiders have a quarterback. So that makes them and uh, Tua. If you think he's good, and those questions are still out there. Do you think Tua is good? Do you think he's a franchise quarterback, Pete? I don't. Do you? I, I lean towards you. I haven't seen as much as you have. He got I, better. He got better. I, a but nothing. Better. But nothing jumps off the page as like being dynamic. Tell me, like one, like what is one thing he, like physical trait or quality that he has that's just over the top. There aren't any, and that's what worries me. I think the great ones do. Um, the, I think the question about where this job ranks is, is how is. How is the question mark of Trent Baalke, or right now he is, how does Trent Baalke being the GM, um, how does that play across the league? There's a lot of strong well. opinions about Trent Baalke. What was that, Pete? That doesn't play well. That no, knocks but, it down a peg or two. Right, and Pete, but don't you agree? I mean, there's a lot of strong opinions about Trent about Trent Baalke around the league. At least that's what I hear, Pete. You're more even connected than I am. I mean, you yes. talk to a lot of people, yes. but there's there are strong a lot of, opinions. There are a lot of people questioning him being in that job, uh, still in that job. Yes, absolutely. So, there you have it. Um, let's get uh, let's get one more in. Why not? One more social media Why not? Question. At Lloyd R1L. Uh, oh, Pete okay. should be a GM, right, JP and Tony? No. Nope. I like this guy. I like this guy. I, they didn't ask you, Pete. They asked JP. JP, what's your answer? Nope. Uh, they asked me. Uh, nada. That's two no's. You lose it me. It wouldn't be that hard. It's just football. It's not that complicated. <laughs> <laughs> really? I will say this about Pete Prisco in all seriousness. Pete and I have known each other 27 years now. Um, yep. And there is not a... Harder working, I, I should, maybe there's harder working, but there's not a guy who studies the craft <laughs> and studies film and actually really looks at it and actually makes phone calls and picks up and asks people who know more than he does about film and what they're looking at to confirm whether he is right or wrong. And so I'm not saying Pete will ever be a GM, but could Pete be a part of a staff to help build a team? Yes. Pete knows football. He knows personnel. And more than anything, he's a grinder that would work at it to go study and uncover um the right type of people i mean because he i mean Tony, you're right yeah you're right about the gm part of it because i don't want to deal with them with, with somebody's uh you know shoe contract or or uh you know did you get the building painted or or uh you know who who's are we going to get a new support staff i don't want to deal with any of that. I, I just want to deal with football players that's all i want to deal with yeah getting it, football it, players acquiring football players making decisions grinding the tape watching the players no, he and he would. I mean, this morning, we both happened to call the same head, uh, same coach in the NFL, and ended up <laughs> at the same time. And my point is, I mean, Pete does his work, and Pete he, he texts me all the time. He sends film to me. He says, "Hey, is this right? Am I looking? Am I seeing this right about this offensive lineman?" Hmm. And I'll say, "Yeah, this is what you're looking at." 
And so I, I always. So you're changing your answer to no, yes. I don't think he could be a GM. I okay. think he could be a part. I don't of think it. I could be a GM either because I don't want to be the GM. I yeah, don't right. think because the GM is more than just picking players. Like be a pro personnel guy. I think he could be a part of his staff because yeah. he he knows football. He has he has strong convictions and he would do the work to go figure it out. Hmm. That's what I think. Hey, um, let's come back. We got to get it around the league, and we're up against it. We're Thanks. always up against it. Always. Let's and do a quick around the league because we had to say goodbye for the year. We got to give proper goodbyes. Yes, Tony. We so do. short around the league. If you quit talking, we might be able no to get one cares. to it. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. Final few minutes for the final show of the 2021 season. JP Shadrick with Tony Baselli and Pete. Prisco, we will change our look around the National Football League with a look ahead to the schedules on Super Wild Card Weekend. Tony, you might want to learn the name of the weekend. Okay, Super Wild Card Weekend. It's not Super Card Wild. Wild Weekend, no. <laughs> it might be a wild weekend a for you. Other, that's a whole other weekend. Stay oh, sorry. I got confused. Yeah, that's uh, in the real offseason. Uh, let's start the AFC coming up. They have Saturday and Sunday schedule in the AFC. The Raiders and the Bengals, Saturday, 4.30. Patriots-Bills, Saturday at 8.15. And then Sunday, 8.15, the Steelers and the Chiefs. Who do you like in these? What do you think? Um, I like the Raiders. Do you? I do like the Raiders. Do you? That's going to be a tough game. I think it's a really tough game. They've already played each other once. On paper, it looks like the Bengals – should win this game because of the way Burrow and Chase and everyone else is playing. I think the Bengals are a young team, young coach. I can see them been there, but the Raiders haven't been there either. No, but I just like the Raiders are scrappy, Pete. You know what the Raiders remind me a little bit of is that our '96 team. Like they had to win out to get in. Like they've been playing playoff games every week, and like they were, everyone had them dead to rights at six and seven. And like they, they could rush out. the passer. Huh? And they could rush the passer. Like, I just like, – I think the Bengals are the better team. I think they have the better receiving core. I think they have the better quarterback. I think they – you know, but I, I like the Raiders. Um, I'm going uh, Patriots mm. in the upset. Oh, wow. On the road. Wow. I'm not. And I'm they, going to Chiefs at home. on the road. I'm going Chiefs at home. Hmm. I'm going uh, Bengals – Bills, Chiefs, although I think the Raiders game is going to be really close. You're going all home games. All you home. know that never happens, but that's okay. Let's go to the NFC schedule on Super Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> the Eagles at the Buccaneers Sunday at 1 o'clock. The 49ers at the Cowboys. Tony, you'll have that game Sunday at 4.30. And the Cardinals at the Rams Monday at 8.15. I'm going Buccaneers. I think that's the worst game of the weekend. I think the Although the the Eagles can run the ball and they had some success in the second half when they played the Buccaneers earlier in the year to make that game close, but I think the Bucks win. I don't think in a blowout. I think playoffs are usually close. Be close. I think it's 49ers on the upset on the road, and I like the. Rams I'm with you on that one. I like the Rams at home. I'm with. I don't. I I think Arizona's going to beat them again. I think both those teams are kind of floundering. I think Arizona beats them again. Uh, I'll take. By the way, Tony, the Rams' offensive line the other day was terrible against the 49ers. Terrible. Mm. Um, I'll take I'll take the Niners and I'll take the Bucks. There you have it. The schedule for Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL playoffs. This is our final show of the season. Um, it's been a pleasure doing it with you guys each week. Uh, what is this? Year 
six. We've been doing seven? it a while now. I know that. Um, I would, first of all, um, it's fun as always. I always miss the show. Love working with Pete as usual. Uh, Pete and I have uh, been good friends for a long time and go back and forth and see a lot of things alike and a lot of things in a different view at the same time. Um, JP, good job this year putting up with our uh, our stuff. I was about to say another word that I can't say on the air. Fair, um, it's fair. Appreciate you. Good <laughs> job uh, steering the ship and keeping it, making sure we're on course. Joe, good job producing. Reeves in the background. We have a good team here. This is a good show, and I love doing it with you guys. I do too, and uh, I echo everything you just said, Tony. JP keeps up with us and puts up with our garbage. And uh, the other thing is. We're allowed to say things. I'm allowed to say things. I love that. That's the greatest thing about this show. Uh, I wouldn't do it if I couldn't. I give the Jaguars all the credit in the world because I can say what I need to say. It, that's what makes it fun. And one more thing. Next time when we reconvene, somebody's head isn't going to fit in that studio. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I'm not talking about yours, JP. No, no I'm with you. <laughs> Oh, and, I'm with you. Uh, hey, Pete, um, from your from your mouth to God's ears, baby. And also, we have you know, thanks to Chad Johnson for the support this year. Uh, took over the radio and uh, and leads this organization. And during a tough year, a lot of controversy, a lot of things. To Pete's point, his leadership guidance and allowing us to have fun on the show and do what we do. Appreciate it, Chad. Let's do this show again from Canton, Ohio. That'd be fun, Pete. I like. That. I will listen. I would love that. I, I will I host. Love that. I will host the show if that happens. No, you won't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> no, no, no. We, no, I'm not. not I'm not going to host the show. Get in the Hall of Fame. Let me back up. You're going to host the show. I'm not going to host the show. I'm going to host all of us. I just and get. Can. I just get fired. No, I'm saying I'm going to host everyone. Get ready, yeah. Great job. You're fired. No, I'm going to host the show. <laughs> what the hell is I'm going to bring everyone. Everyone will be together. Get we'll out of here. I, I don't want to host the show. <laughs> That's Pete Briscoe. That's Tony Maselli. I'm JP Shadrick. I'm fired, apparently. This is Jaguars <laughs> Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. <laughs>